Howdy, everybody. Cable Smith welcoming each and every one of you into episode 113 of Justified Pursuit. It is great to be here with you. Uh, it's odd today. I know you guys don't uh, you don't see us, but we see each other when we record these things. And uh, today, Chisholm is in his truck somewhere in the hill country because you haven't had power in like a day, day and a half. Um, coming up on a day and a half, yeah. It went out on us at about 8.15 yesterday morning, 20, 29 hours without power. Um, you know, this could be worse. Um, we have a propane tank because we're country folk-ish. So we've got a gas stove, which Biden is trying to take away from us. And uh, I'll be flying. Uh, I'm going to make a new I'm gonna make a new Gonzalez flag. Then in place of a cannon or an AR-15, we'll have a stove. <laughs> they'll say come and take it we should definitely make those and sell them yes. on the justified pursuit page it has nothing on it mm-hmm. um anyway so we've been able to cook um i've got a gas water heater so we've got hot water um and <laughs> so my when, when we built our house we had gas uh assist uh built into the fireplace mm-hmm. and our, our, our chimney, like we have a we have a, a chimney that's got a fireplace on the patio side and a fireplace on the living room side, in the same chimney, right? Mm-hmm. So the one outside, I've always burned wood in, just using the gas to get it lit. But the one inside, Ashley was like, I don't want to build a real fire inside; it stinks and da da. So we had Man. set up, you know, I had gotten, yeah, <laughs> I'd gotten uh, like a, a different, you know, burner. And put the logs in and the fake rock, you know, the lava rocks and all that. And yes, I mean it was the dinky. It's a big fireplace, dude. But know? those so fires like, suck. I have one. This is the first time in my life that I have not had a wood burning fireplace, and it doesn't put off enough heat. Like it's just not it's good. Just, it's illegitimate. It's illegitimate it's for decoration. It's, for, it, it's strictly aesthetics. And even yeah. then, the tiny little fire that it makes is is very unsatisfying. It would be like, I'm not even gonna go there. Yeah, it's, it just sucks. be like going off half cocked. Yeah. So after the 2021 debacle, um, you know the the real cold storm where we down here we had I don't know we talked about it at the time, but three solid days like 72 hours where the temperature didn't breach five degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. You know, at night our house was down into the 40s uh, and probably more like below 40. It was cold, um, but thankfully we have a very well insulated, very you know, efficient house as far as that goes. But I told Ash then, even after last a couple of decent winter storms last year, not where we lost power, but just where it was like, well, it would be cool to have a fire, hmm. you know. Um, I was like, the next time we lose power and it's cold, I'm ripping all this crap out and we're building a fire in our fireplace. She's like, yeah, okay. So <laughs> yesterday morning, um, got to work at that, left the uh, the burner I replaced with in to get the thing going and Man, it was amazing how much we've gone through. Um, I took a whole bunch of my oak uh, down to the ranch so my mom could build nice, non-stinky fires inside of her house and her new fireplace because everything down there is mesquite and you don't want to burn mesquite inside. Mm-hmm. Which uh, meant that I barely have gotten by, um, but we've had enough wood, still burning wood, to keep the living area at about 65 to 67 degrees. Um, which is plenty comfortable. Yeah. Pulled some air. We pulled a couple of mattresses into the living room last night and our six and eight year old slept with us in the living room by the fire. I kept it stoked all night. Um, it was actually fun. Um, and then today, thankfully, uh, things are thawing out. So the, the thing yesterday, starting Tuesday, we had precipitation. It was cold. Do you think people listening in other states are like, you Texans are such vaginas? 
Dude, from if we have first some, of all, oh, our guy, uh, our friend that uh, that that's been on the show before from Wisconsin. Do you think he's like y'all are vaginas? I think that they rightfully must be mocking us. Yeah, but you know, it's not like we don't. You know, we're not set up for it. Me and all our my neighbors. Me and all my not, neighbors are are fine. You know, everybody's we're all fine. Even, you know, yeah, we don't have any power. We're we're making do. The, the problem is the infrastructure. To your point, yeah, the infrastructure. All of the power lines from here to Austin are above ground, right? Yeah. And what we do, with those areas up there, I don't think really. I don't know how often they get this, where it's freezing rain, right, that accumulates on these trees. And well, and, and so like you mentioned when we spoke offline, that y'all don't have a whole bunch of trees falling down. No, well, but I did go outside, outside and I, I. Uh... I did look and there is ice on all the trees probably not as much as where you have because like i told you we had more of a sleet like a wintry mix so it wasn't rain that was just on the trees it was ice that was probably just falling to the ground more more like more than likely um well but yeah but but either way you guys get something like this just about every winter right yeah so what i've definitely seen and noticed is that the stuff that seems to be falling is the stuff that you would expect to fall based on the way these limbs grow or the age of a tree, right? Like these big, huge, mature oaks that are 150, 200, 300 years old, they're fine. They're losing some big limbs, but then you look back at the tree and you don't even notice it's gone because it's a yeah. big-ass tree, that right? That tree it's probably the, be pruned anyway. That's right. And, and, the, and the limbs, I mean, they're healthy limbs that are falling off. I'm not saying it's just dead stuff falling, but they're the kind of limbs that you'd look at and be like, well, that one's growing down. I'm going to lop that sucker off, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's like there's too many limbs on that one big branch. I'm going to cut three of them off and let the other ones, you know, thrive and, and continue to branch, right? So it's like God's just pruning everything back. But God also awesome took your power away because those are the ones that are breaking and following on power lines. Right, right. Yeah. So transformers are frozen solid with like, you know, two inches of ice encasing them. And then power lines are getting knocked down by tree limbs falling. And at the end of the day, when you go up to the Midwest, the northern climates, right, they either they either have stuff buried, they just they have all this accounted for, right? They either have all these lines buried, or if they're exposed, you know, they hit the they hit this winter every year where they don't have, you know, cataclysm. I mean, dude, if you drive around my community right now, man, the number of big limbs down on the ground is staggering. I told you earlier. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I spent a good bit of my day outside, and at any given moment all day, and especially in the afternoon, so you would hear a tree limb fall in earshot less than once a minute. Like every 30 seconds in the afternoon especially, mm. you hear this somewhere in the distance, or it'd be in my own yard or my neighbor's yard. Yeah. And 20 seconds would go by, and you'd hear... It was creepy and crazy and eerie. How is this all happening? But it's because with climate change. I mean, things supposed to be getting hotter. We're well, getting worse. Clearly, that's, it's supposed to be hot in Texas all the time, and now it's cold and rainy. Mm. It's supposed to be hot and dry, and now it's cold and rainy. So climate change. I heard they arrested uh, what's his name, yeah, P- Puxatani Phil, because uh, he's a climate change denier, saying we're going to have longer, longer winters. <laughs> Stupid groundhog. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good meme. Uh-huh. But yeah, so so for us, it's been barely below freezing. Now it's not today, but for since Tuesday, it was barely below freezing. And the stuff that was coming down Wednesday morning at 2 or 3 a.m., we were getting like pounded with rain that was probably very slushy, probably some sleet type stuff in it. And that layered up, layered everything up with a, a base of ice. But then all day yesterday and halfway through last night, there was this 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 drizzle. And since it was 31 and the drizzle was so slow, it just kept building ice. And throughout the day, you could watch these trees get lower and lower Mm. and lower. And just like, it was just, you know, it was just, it's so funny because it wasn't ever just pouring yesterday. It never really rained, but there was moisture in the air that continued to just build icicles on branches and limbs and twigs. Um, We had, we had an ice storm and like the street had like probably two inches of ice in it. And and they canceled yeah, school preemptively. Like, have dude, when you were a kid, or you always lived farther south than me. But in North Texas, if there was bad weather coming, you they didn't cancel school the day before like they do now. They just you got up and you turned the TV on and you hoped with you know cheered for whenever they read your district because you were getting a snow day. 
Right. No, no, they canceled school. And then they canceled again, like the morning of the, the second day. And then they, my kids didn't go to school today, which is ridiculous because there isn't any ice left on the roads. It's, stu- it's stupid. Well, the funny thing Aaron is, was we like, haven't had to be a, a liability thing with the school buses. That's what she said. Oh, I'm sure that definitely is a major contributing factor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have had no ice on the roads at any point. That's the crazy thing. Like I've driven around, I drove around, I went out three times yesterday. I've been out today. There is there. I have not come across a patch of ice in the road. The roads are wet because it never got cold enough for the ground out here to freeze, but oh, yeah. the trees froze. See, like the grass in my yard is comp- is all frozen. It looks like icicles on every yeah. blade of grass. Um, there's some you know blade, there's I grass. Think, dude, well, there was over there. I think we I think we all have PTSD from the 2021 storm. And for good, I mean, that was a horrible, horrible storm. And, you know, houses were destroyed with pipes bursting. And, you know, we didn't have power. We had pipes burst. Uh, thankfully, didn't have any serious damage. But, you know, we had to go stay with my sister-in-law. Um, we didn't have hot water. It was bad. But this thing here, man, I guess somehow they, I mean, they predicted it right for you guys because y'all were without power. You can't go to school without power. So that worked out. But. Dude, I don't know. It's just right. part of every... We're all just getting softer. We're just getting softer. Uh, yes. <laughs> 100%. And after losing you know, school for anywhere from a semester to over a semester, depending on where you were in the state due to COVID, it just seems like everybody was groomed, whether intentionally or not, to just accept, oh, we're just not going to school now because it's cold. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I was so the first day that it came down and the we we had all the ice. Like, I went to the grocery store, and dude, I like driving on that stuff. It's fun because no one's on the road, and you can turn and just fishtail. It's like I mean, maybe I'm just irresponsible, or maybe I'm just still <laughs> a kid at heart. But I I, I think it's fun to drive it. I don't think it would be fun if there was a bunch of traffic. But when there's no one on the roads, like, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I <laughs> think it's fun. Right. Yeah. And when we had the 2021 storm and it was snow accumulation and like five, six inches on the road, that's when I had to drive around all of North Texas trying to get a COVID test so I could go to Africa. I had those roads to myself driving all over God's creation. And that was fun too. Bopping a four wheel drive and go. It's fun. Uh, But meanwhile, my wife is, uh, she got stuck in Houston because she doesn't like to drive in that stuff. She was and supposed to be there the for the worst uh, place to be stuck. Yeah, seriously. No the um, but yeah, she was there for a continuing education conference Monday and Tuesday and was supposed to come home Tuesday night. And she just got home today, Thursday. So she stayed two extra days just from the roads being suspect. But you told me off the air, do you think there'll be a day when you use the word sus yet? Sussed? Yeah, short no. for suspect. Your kids uh, aren't into that yet. I think Aaron a, told me that Frankie said, that's so sus one time. Oh, like, she did? Okay, yeah. She, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? I yeah, don't, the, kid, the kids like to throw that around. Sus. <laughs> and then my uh, my 12-year-old, who's super trendy, <laughs> told me the other day, you're not that guy. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> excuse me? In what context? What were you trying to do where she was like, you're not that oh, guy? was it, dude? I think I, just, I made a joke. So we were, we've had a couple of opportunities lately, lately to drive around together. And I just like started giving her crap. Uh, I don't remember exactly what, but I gave her some crap about something that was funny. Oh, I think I was, I was imitating her. So she had, um, uh, she had, there was something and like, uh, offered to help her. Oh, she's been super sore, like really sore. Cause she's playing basketball and volleyball at the same time working her tail off, um, had gotten away. Like she used to do dance last year and got, had gotten super flexible. They had like a dedicated, you know, uh, stretching and core day. Um, she was drinking a ton of water and I mean, literally like a liter of water a day, very deliberately. And then this year she's not doing dance anymore. She's beating herself up with contact sports. So she's let all this, this, you know, soreness accumulate. So I said to her, you know, I've been trying to help her with it because I'm managing pain all the time, right? And I was like, you should take a, you know, a warm bath with this this Epsom salt we have. And she's like, I don't like baths. And so I just started mocking her, and I was like, I'm trying to help you. And your response is, I don't like baths. Mm-hmm. I don't like baths. 
I did like that. And she got all, she, you know, she starts swatting me. She's like, I don't sound like that. And then at some point she's like, you're not that guy, dad. And I was like, oh, I got you. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, but she's quick to pull sus and bruh. Everything's bruh. 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 That's, the, that's terrible. Bruh. We need to get yeah. rid of that word. Or whatever yeah. short term sucks. Bruh. I got her good yesterday, though. So she she came out with me to, I was trying to find diesel and some you know milk and stuff. And uh, What about eggs? Which are right. Yeah, and eggs, in fact. Two dozen. <laughs> we were in a little we, we probably paid 20 bucks a piece for it. Not quite. But, yeah. uh, I found a gas station that had power. And so, anyway, so uh, she was she was carrying her wallet. She had just a little bitty, like, credit card-sized billfold wallet. She was complaining. She didn't like it. She wanted a new one. And I was like, well, your birthday's coming up soon. Which, her birthday's in the end of September. I, th- I think I said, you got a birthday coming up. And she was like... That's like a long time from now. And I was like, she's right about that. Yeah. Well, I was like, it's coming up. I mean, it's this year. You have a birthday this year. She's like, yeah, but like a while from now. And I was like, how far, how long from now? How long, you know, do some math. How long? Anyway. So I, I, you know, I made this sort of joke. We ended up, the gas station had a cheapo wallet and bought her a wallet. Then like last night, as it's getting dark in our house and stuff, there was something else that she brought up that she actually needed. And she goes, well, I do have a birthday coming up. And I go, yeah, but that's like eight months from now. And she goes, what? You? <laughs> she flipped out. <laughs> and it was funny because nobody else in the house had a clue what we were talking about and why she was like chasing me through the house, swatting at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was uh, like God just handed me. God lobbed me. God lobbed me. Uh, uh, you know, a, a Tony Parker. You don't like him, but who uh, would be better? I, um, an alley-oop. What was that cat that played for the... Yeah, he, he lobbed me an alley-oop, and I got to slam it home. It was awesome. <laughs> so you mentioned eggs. Did you see that uh, like 100,000 chickens burned up the other day in one of the... Isn't the, it weird how that sort of happens? Like prices on something go up, factories? and then all of a sudden... Bye, chickens. We're in an egg shortage. Saw that. So randomly, there's a fire. Wasn't it, wasn't it 100... Wasn't it 100 facilities this time last year that had burned in like a 12-month period? Like when the remember the baby food, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah the, the formula Whatever shortage. Whatever we're short of, we burn that factory down to make sure that we stay short of it. That's the that's the blueprint right. that they're following. Seems to be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you want us? You want some good news? Uh, yeah. So, in a straight party line vote, the Republicans voted to kick off Congress's most racist member, Ilan Omar, off of the Foreign Affairs panel. So that's good news. I don't know what they, she actually did for on the foreign affairs panel, but anytime that she can be humiliated or devalued, I think that's a good thing. So kudos to McCarthy and uh, the Republicans for getting her sorry ass off of that uh, panel. Any place of, a, of power or authority, she does not, does not need to be involved with that. More so than I she do. is. I mean... She's among the world. Remember when we said nothing good comes out of Minnesota? Mm-hmm. Like they, boy, it's such a weird place. It seems to me to have been so completely infested with this leftism. Um, really? yeah. Because it's she, not on the she, coast. It's like salt. Right. So you would think salt it's, of the earth. A lot of blue collar people. Not down with no, no, no. They're one of the worst. Maybe right after California and New York, they're they're like right there. They seem to be, yeah. yeah. They've really lost their way, and it's quite sad. Uh, in fact, I don't remember if we talked about this uh, or where I heard or saw it, but they're currently the city of Minneapolis, or the yeah, the city of Minneapolis, which of course was where the George Floyd Summer of Love began. Uh, that's what they called it. I don't call it that. I call it. Uh, uh, looting and rioting and dest- destruction um, after a unjustified killing, but that was also trumped up on false, for false, a bunch of false pretenses. Anyway, mm-hmm. they um, they defunded their police um, against the wishes of every uh, uh, black person in the in the entire city. Um, in fact, uh, I know we've talked about this, but I've, I've listened to uh, community leaders in predominantly black communities of Minneapolis, St. Paul begging 
like they're running for office to stop all that, right? Well, they, they did it anyway. Um, a bunch of mostly white leftists on their city council defunded their police. Um, violent crimes and, and shootings uh, skyrocketed by the middle of 2021. They had had 12, um, 12 uh, kids under the age of 18 in the, uh, I think what's called the fifth ward alone had been uh, caught up in drive-bys. Anyway, <clears throat> so now they have a tenant problem, vacancy problem, I should say. A uh, whole bunch of vacant buildings throughout Minneapolis as hmm. people are fleeing like uh, rats from a sinking ship. Um, so guess what their solution is, Cable Smith? I have no idea. But, oh, uh, they're going to. Can we get some illegals to bust in here to fill these uh, open hmm. apartments? That'd be a good one. I bet they'd be open. Some of them might be open to that. Uh, maybe uh, Abbott and DeSantis could help them out with that. No, no. they're going to tax the landowners for having vacancies which they are responsible for the vacancies <laughs> right yeah so the city council's policy uh, drove human beings out of the place leaving the landowners with no incomes for their properties and the solution is we're going to tax you for letting your tenant your 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 uh structures mm. be vacant that is so I, I don't even have a response for that level of stupidity chisholm Meanwhile, last week, the White House released what they call the new tenant, uh, yeah, tenants or renters bill of rights, where they're basically going to be trying to uh, create a, a nationalized, or nationwide price uh, rent control system, which is hilarious because 18 months ago I wrote about that in my novel, which I really need to finish. So, oh. what happened to capitalism? Did we talk about this last week? Metro you own England? the land. It's your place to rent. You set the price. You know what the price is? What is willing someone what is someone willing to pay? That's that's the price. What are you willing to pay? Right. Well, okay, that's okay. the deal then. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, they will so it's interesting to me that they're getting involved with rent, but they're staying out of things like fuel, like gasoline. Like, I, why doesn't why don't they seem to have a vested interest in in that? Because they're leftists, dude. I don't, I don't know, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know the answer. It seems weird to me that there's like they think this rent thing is a huge problem that they need to, you know get their hands dirty in but meanwhile meanwhile like they could have and i'm not saying they should have but like they could have said there's a cap on fuel prices but they never did so it's just weird to me when 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 they choose to interfere with free market capitalism and when they don't i don't think there's any well if they have their way they'll interfere across the board it's just a matter of how much control we know they have it like location well, we we know they interfere with big tech. Like they're they don't just interfere; they're partners with big tech. The Democrats. Yeah. Are. Have we said this yet? The the anti-fascists are actually right. Mm. Have we said this? Have I said this? I don't know. Maybe Antifa off. Maybe correct. off the air. Antifa is correct. Um, they don't know why they're correct because they don't know what it actually means. They don't know what fascism means. Right, and it's really funny if you want to Google fascism and try to look it up. Um, you'll get a bunch of stuff that sounds like they're describing MAGA, mm -hmm. um, but the actual definition of fascism going back to like uh, what was it, Bertolo Mussolini, right? M Mussolini, the fascist dictator of of uh, Italy during World War II, uh, the, the Nazis. What does the word Nazi stand for? stands for Nationalist Socialist Party, mm -hmm. right? Fascism, from an economic structure standpoint, is a blending of socialism and capitalism where you have an authoritarian government regime, but instead of, in true communist fashion, the government owns everything and you get a ration, you then have 
private individuals who own the, 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 the methods of production, right? So they own the companies, but the two are so incestuously intertwined that they use their collective power to just oppress the people uh, and, and profit wildly. Yeah. That's what we have now. So that's what, the lobbying, is... that's what the lobbying component of the swamp has created for us. A, I mean, whether it's the military industrial complex and sending $50 billion to Ukraine, which is just getting funneled back to the lawmakers that passed that and lining mm-hmm. their pockets, or whether it's the use of the FBI's use of private companies like Twitter and Facebook to spy on and ultimately bring charges against American citizens, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You have the merger of quote private capitalist interests and government power into a monolith. And it doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat, both sides are doing that. Right. So Wikipedia, which I would describe as a woke outlet that I use every day. I mean, it's how can you not use it? Right. Um, but it says fascism is a far right authoritarian, there you go. Ultra nationalist political ideology. Like, oh, so it's authoritarian, but you know, it's definitely nationalist. But you know who's the picture? Whose picture they have there? Hitler. Trump. Oh, Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> so, but Hitler was far right. Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, the uh, Merriam-Webster, though, they do not use that term far right. It's a political philosophy movement or regime that exalts nation and often race above the individual. And that stands for a centralized autocratic government headed by a dictatorial leader. Right. So they don't want to talk about none of these outlets want to share with you the economic component of it. They just want to talk about the emotional part about race, about uh, national identity, right? Because that's how they can tie it to, um, you know, the American right-leaning populist movement, right? They don't want to tell you that <clears throat> that the people who are talking about fascism are the actual fascists when it comes to the, the actual uh, economic structure that, that fascism is. Mm-hmm. Um, I have another note here. This isn't going to get passed, but at least Ted Cruz had the balls to do it. But he introduced uh, legislation last week to block non-citizens from voting in national elections. Isn't that weird? Who would have ever thought well, we needed a law? Like I thought that was like written in the constitution or just maybe, maybe, maybe I'm speaking out of turn. Maybe it's not, but you have to be a citizen to vote. It's, it's the law of every state except maybe California where they don't, I guess they don't have any voting laws there, but I think he's just trying to preemptively get the, you know, get the ball rolling on a law that shouldn't even, it should just be common sense, right? We shouldn't even have the conversation. If you're not a citizen, you don't vote in our elections. Could you imagine showing up in Mexico City and being like, hey, I'm going to vote in your election? They'd be like, the hell you are. No, you're not. Like, but we just welcome. I don't understand. I don't understand. Take me back to France where they still require you to show up with a photo ID and vote in person. That's the way to do it. Yeah. I'm sure that his point is mostly to trap people into voting against it. Is actually what he's trying to do. Yeah. Um, well, how about the ungrateful and unruly immigrants in New York City? They got put up in posh $500 a night hotels in Manhattan on taxpayer dollars. And uh, Chisholm, this past week, they became quite unruly when they realized they were actually going to have to leave and go to a shelter. So there's a lot to unpack there because... Yeah, you're gonna have. I have no context, so no, no. I'm uh, just th- these articles are all over the internet, dude. And there's pictures of these these immigrants. They've destroyed hotel rooms. They've refused the food that the hotel provided, and they've started cooking. They don't even have stoves in their hotel rooms, but they've started cooking in the hotel rooms, and they've become uh, quite hostile to hotel staff. And uh, and now, one hotel specifically in Manhattan, which is a five hundred dollar a night hotel which no longer rents to guests, only migrants. Uh, they are trying to, they're trying to get their business back and get the immigrants out and they don't want to leave. And what I was reading was one of their main reasons they don't want to leave. Well, of course, because you've got a nice expensive hotel room, uh, but the shelters are gender specific, male and female, and they want to have sex. They don't want to go to an all male shelter. 
I can't blame them. Like that you put me up in a posh hotel and I'm, you know, I have a, a female, I maybe it's your wife. It doesn't, I don't know how these people are traveling, but, uh, and then you're going to be like, no, you're going to have to service yourself over at the men's shelter, I guess. I mean, Aaron's gone in Houston for four nights. I get it. But either way, it's the, it's the entitlement thing. You, you, you give somebody a handout and then they expect to keep receiving that. And when you cut them off, they don't like it. So I don't know what the solution is, but uh, it's funny to see places like New York having these issues. Be like, oh, that's real eye-opening. You gave them a $500 a night hotel, and now they're pissed when they have to leave. So keep sending them to New York. Yeah. It definitely seems to be working. But it's the whole entire, it's not just immigrants, dude. It's everything. It's this whole, the world we live in is all about entitled. I get it for free. I did not work for it. I'm here. So I deserve it. I exist. Therefore I deserve yeah, well, it. Basically. Let me, let me, let me loop it back to where our conversation started here. I heard Dave Rubin, who we've mentioned before talking about this as it pertained to the storm in Florida last year. So power in my community has been out uh, for, as we talked about, going on a second day now. And you know what? I haven't heard a single report about mm. crime, looting. Yeah, yeah. I haven't heard anything about any of that. And you know, not like we're just or the lily white, solid upper class. I mean, community here. We've got we've had some meth dens. We've got our pocket. You know, we're in the country. But everybody's behaving and just trying to help each other. And Ruben's point about when the storm came through South Florida last year, there was no loot, looting, there was no rioting. And, you know, there were some people who painted on their boards on their storefront, uh, we're protecting the Second Amendment protects this place. So, you know, maybe some of it's kept at bay by, you know, reasonable citizens who are willing to take a stand. But if the power went out in Manhattan for 36 hours, what the hell would that look like? Oh, my God. You, I, you, if you were a store owner, you would be claiming total loss. You would have nothing left yeah. on your shelves. Nothing. You would, yeah. Flee the city and begin your paperwork for you know, insurance. Claims. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. No, I, I mean, it would be, what's that movie that came out a few years ago where they, where the society has like a, a night of complete lawlessness? Oh, the purge. Yeah. The purge. Yeah. Which I need to watch because apparently it's got lots and lots of oh, dude, yeah, uh, you deep, do deep for vendetta type uh, modern day vibes. Yeah. Um. So also, I just saw this note. BC just became the first province to uh, decriminalize cocaine, heroin, and meth. What do you good think idea. about that? It's a good idea. Great idea. Sure. Why not? <laughs> So just enable them. Do they pass out the uh, syringes and everything like they sure. do in California? Yeah, yeah. Give, them, give them the little Biden, uh, the little Biden goodie bag, swag bag with the crack pipe in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, might as well. You know, you don't think that that would have any negative impact on society long term. I mean, it's working really well in Oregon. Mm -hmm. Just ask anybody who's out there. Oh, dude, I saw this lady. Oh, so I think it was um, Breitbart that was interviewing this lady. It was a woman on the street in, okay, I can't remember if it was San Francisco or if it was Portland, but it's the same message either way. She said that the reporter was like, so what is it like being homeless? And she goes, well, here, right here where I live, it's great. We wake up, we get high, we go eat lunch for free at this place over here. We go get high. Then we go eat dinner for free at this place over here, and then we get high. That's life every day. I think I saw what you said. I think you might have sent me that, but yeah. And it was just this old, I mean, she was in her, she probably was 40, but she looked like hell. And looked like she, she probably was, was 40, and she looked like she was knocking yeah. on death's door. But she was living life. She was living her best life, man. Getting high and eating. Uh -huh. Just not a care in the world. Death is subjective. Living her best life. Um, Connecticut lawmakers have introduced legislation to remove the term Latin X from all state documents, citing that it is a woke, a woke term 
This is from State Representative uh, Geraldo Reyes Jr. He's spearheading that effort, and this is on the heels of Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders doing the exact same thing for her state with all state documents in Arkansas. Uh, dude, turns out Hispanic people don't like that term. We are, I mean, we've talked about this before, but now they're actually saying, "Hey, we're we're trying to get you guys to stop using this. We're gonna in, we're gonna introduce laws to make you do it because the term is offensive to us." Uh, yeah, I sure would like to look at the uh, the actual text and the context there. I, I'll say, you know, <laughs> certainly certainly no fan of woke, but I'm also no fan of laws regarding speech. Uh, well, dude, they even said a way to do that. They even said that it uh, it's a non-binary term because Latina and Latino, you know, the O is what describes, or the A, whether you're a man or woman. The X right. means transgender or non-binary so they don't like it they don't want it there's a slap in the right. face to their well spanish really their their language oh, i mean that's exactly right it's a, that's it's been a, that's why so many people of spanish-speaking origin can't stand it is because it's way more than just a a you know woke indoctrination push it's an attack on the language because mm-hmm. the language is gendered which you know, should tell you something about how sort of foundational gender is to uh, society <laughs> when, mm-hmm. when entire ancient languages are structured around it. Right. <laughs> but never mind that. That's no, in that's the way of point, progress. Dude. That's a great point. Like, <laughs> entire languages are structured around male and female, right? Let that yep. sink in. Yep. Yeah. yep. I mean, basically all of those that derive from Latin. Oddly, except for English, but, you know, we have, you know, our ways of going about that too, right? Yeah. Um, so let's see what else I wanted to mention here. Well, um, Cinema, who defected from the Democratic Party, she was uh, poised for a place on the Appropriations Committee, but apparently the Dems kind of are... Uh, not over her defection because they axed that this week. So they kind of no stuck way. it to her. Yeah. A little bitter. And, um, oh, here's another one out of Canada. Cause we're just, I'm just going over the notes today. This one's interesting, you know, separate, but equal taking us back in time. You know, that's the new thing. And they are, they have, there's a theater in, um, I believe it's Vancouver where they are having a black only viewing of a play and you cannot come if you're white, all of the uh, actors, it's, I guess it's a, a black production. The actors are black and they're having a blackout. Here's the cool part though. Uh, it's on taxpayer dollars. So it doesn't matter that you're white and you paid for the theater. Nah, you can't come to the play because, well, I guess unless you identified as black it says black identifying audience only. Not racist at all. Uh, of course it is. Not racist at all. I mean, what is it? Yeah. We've talked about it before, but don't they have like dormitories at some universities where they're like trying to make them black only dorms? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's all the, all the elite universities, <laughs> quote unquote elite universities. Hmm. Um, have that already. Um, cities are offering uh, segregated training sessions uh, for BIPOC versus whitey. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, we've made tremendous progress uh, since Obama took office on racial relations in this country. Clearly, mm-hmm. clearly, tremendous progress. What What about elites not liking the poor?s Like they act like they like the poor?s but then when it comes down to it, they don't. And a perfect example of that is. Steph Curry, the all-star future Hall of Fame shooting guard for the Golden State Warriors. He lives in... Probably the greatest shooter of all time, right? I would agree. He lives in Atherton, California, which I guarantee you is the swankiest zip code probably on the planet. Uh, Certainly in America. Maybe there's... I hear when when Victor Davis Hanson, one of my uh, intellectual heroes, rants about... uh, uh, wealthy zip codes in Northern California. That one is always on his short list. So yeah. So Atherton population 7,200 has 
uh, it's single yeah, family community. Median. Yeah. Yeah. With a one right. acre minimum lot requirement, no sidewalks. No oh, wow. The whole spaces. city has a one acre minimum lot requirement. That's uh-huh. yeah. Uh, but guess what? Every eight years, California gives updated housing construction goals and the local governments are required to do these or they'll be at risk of losing funding. So the Curries are revolting against the town's housing plan, which would put the poors next door to them. Turns out they don't want to be around the poors. Government housing too close to our mansion? No, no, no. No, no, we don't. We don't. Turns out it's kind of like uh, the New York um, or uh, Mayor Adams being like, yeah, yeah, we're a sanctuary city. Oh, wait, no. Could you guys stop sending us the migrants? We actually don't like them after all, turns out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let this hypocrisy know no bounds, man. It's, um, they use all of these oppressed people. Like That's bottom line, ultimately. Just ask the folks from BLM, how they got snubbed as soon as the election was over. They were writing about it. Ever notice how you don't hear about BLM anymore? Now, Mm -hmm. there's more than one reason for that. Turned out it was a massively corrupt organization that made something to the tune of $80 million vanish into thin air. And the uh, self-avowed Marxists who started it now have like four vacation homes. Um, So they had a lot of problems that would make them vanish. Uh, but before they had formally vanished, they were like, we helped y'all get elected and now you won't take our calls. Right. What gives? What a hit and run job that was. <laughs> Man, if there's well, a single well, you know person. It, it, maybe more, uh, <laughs> a more appropriate term was that was a drive-by and uh, the people that got shot at were the ones who thought they were helping making a diff- you know, make a difference by donating to blm it uh, turns out yeah. no not so much <laughs> um man yeah. that's uh oof, wow um french forces seized thousands of rifles they got the hell of a run sheet. it's a good thing you've had internet all week because I, I mean i feel so all i know is my power's out yeah i know so <laughs> I, i'm just I going through even, it dude. i can't even listen to a podcast yeah <laughs> yeah uh I got two more big notes here. And I think that we'll end with this last one, which I think is going to take you by surprise, but there's a lot to discuss there. But this one is interesting too, because um, I don't know, like we've always had bad blood with Iran in my lifetime, but uh, I don't, and this is a re- probably a reason why. Yeah, strangely, ever, strangely, ever since we helped them have a revolution in the late seventies, we've had bad blood ever since. Mm-hmm. Isn't that so, weird? Yeah, it is. So French forces seized thousands of rifles, missiles, and ammunition from an Iranian smuggling ship that was bound for Yemen. This is in the uh, Yemeni coast, which currently rests. uh, Here's the interesting thing, though. Yemen is currently in a state of ceasefire. So they're not actively warring, but but Iran is trying to, I guess, get the war going again because maybe they have their own, uh, you know, maybe they've got their own what is it? What is industrial? What is it? The military industrial complex, you know, going on. I don't know. But then I, I was reading more about this uh, article and that you can find it on Fox news. You can find it on CNN. Uh, it's everywhere. So earlier in January, come to find out the U S Navy seized 2000 AK 47s and 50 tons, 50 tons of ammo on a different Iranian smuggling ship bound for Yemen. So what's it? Why is Iran trying to, so, you know, get this, poke the bear, keep the embers going on this war in Yemen. Well, dude, I mean, have we talked about Yemen? This is Not so funny that that's where you went. Just, just a minute ago when I, I made the joke about, joke, <clears throat> about how we, we created a revolution in Iran and now they're our enemy because mm-hmm. the, the powers that we put in place no longer like us. So Dave Smith, who we've talked about before, who's like the top voice in the libertarian movement now and yeah. who uh, you know, started out as a comedian but is one of the sharpest cats there is. He has this quote that's at the start of each of his episodes. Um, 
like during like the, the, like the opening montage, you know, with the music in the background, he's got this quote that he always replays. It says, if you want to know who our next uh, enemy is, or enemy, next enemy will be, look at who we're funding right now. Hmm. Right. So like watch out for Ukraine in 20 years. But he talks all the time about the fact that we have been sponsoring a war in Yemen for like 20 years, dude, that no American even knows about. The amount of money and resources that we've spent to destabilize Yemen is astronomical. So I'm not surprised at all to find out Iran is sending weapons to Yemen. Part of the reason that we're at war in Yemen is to have another stronghold right in Iran's backyard, right? That's interesting because like, I have the, the word and I, dude, and destabilize. I, I, I have that word destabilize written down here. And you just brought it up. So right. that's, a, you know, that's exactly and, and what the reason the stuff the reason this stuff got found is because they're looking for it because we're we've got a war going on. We don't even know about Americans don't even know about, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the reason that time. stuff got confiscated in the first place for a long time. Dude, the whole time we've been mixed up in the Middle East after 9-11, we've been conducting this shadow proxy war thing in Yemen. Right. That has led to I don't remember, dude. I had and here's the thing. I have firsthand knowledge of this. Cause I took an Uber in Memphis, Tennessee one night about three years ago. And the dude that I was in the car with was from Yemen and he could host this show with the knowledge that he has about the United States of America's effery abroad. It was amazing to hear that guy. I was just starting to realize how full of crap the powers that run this country are and how all of this stuff is just war for profit. And I got to sit there with a man who fled there and came here who was like, yeah, Pretty much, you know, the, the U.S. and Saudis have destroyed our country. Hmm. Hmm. It was funny because he wasn't anti-American despite that, right? Well, clearly, he's living here a, for a better life. He came here. This was a worldly man who understood. I, my guess would be probably also very, I, I know we didn't talk about it, but just based on where he comes from, he's of some Abrahamic faith, right? So he understands the nature of good and evil and the nature of people versus these powers, right? He came here for, yeah. like you said, a better life to get away from the destruction over there, but he could distinguish the power brokers in DC that are just, you know, profiting off of the, off the destruction. And, you know, a random dude who jumped in his car for a ride one night to a restaurant, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> hmm. who agreed with him, everything he was saying, even though I was ignorant to all of it at the time. Yeah. Well, it is interesting uh, that we are, yeah, like, why are we patrolling the Yemeni coast? Well, okay, there's your answer, because we know Iran is up to no good, trying to send them weapons to reignite the war effort, destabilize, which is what we ironically uh, did a long time ago (laughs) to Iran and and Yemen. So, wow. so we'll we'll keep tabs on that, and we should probably talk more about Yemen on another show. Uh, you could explain more about what that guy told you, but um, oh, been, that conversation's been long enough now. Now I think I gave you all I okay. recall that I could. Well, then screw Yemen. We don't do need to talk research. about it anymore. Okay. Uh, and and you know Just what? Know maybe, that be, maybe that should be our mentality as a country. Like screw them. Who cares? You know, we 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 are humanitarians. We feel bad for you, but. That's where it ends. Like, we'll help you how we, but we're not going to give you $60 million, billion dollars. Dude, up until Teddy Roosevelt, that was, that was how America was founded and always intended to be. Every great leader, including the founders of our constitution had said, this nation shall not get meddled up in the never ending wars of Europe and Asia. But then Teddy Roosevelt decided that America needed to be a player on the world stage. And then one of his successors, the worst president in American history by just about any standards. He's um, currently in the White House. Second worst. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Woodrow Wilson, who's the godfather of American pro- progressivism. Every disaster that we agree about uh, was was spawned by Woodrow Wilson, who, by the way, was an academic his entire career, was the president of Yale before he became president of the United States. So 
if that kind of tells you anything about what kind of man he was and what he was all about. Like, do we want professors running this country? I don't. I don't want anyway. really. I don't really want professors teaching our youth anymore. <laughs> like, they're so. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be a lot of use for professors in general anymore. I uh-uh. agree. Uh-uh. <clears throat> All the good ones seem to have retired. Yeah, man. <clears throat> um, anyway, that guy took the whole like interventional uh, status of America to a whole new level, um, and the Yale School of International Policy. You, up until like 24 months ago was called the Woodrow Wilson School of International Policy. They changed it because, uh, you know, when they started knocking all the statues down and all that stuff, the left was like, uh, you know, this Woodrow Wilson guy, he was super effing racist. You know, we talked a lot about, uh, about eugenics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Woodrow was one of the pioneers and pioneers, one of the heavy proponents of hardcore eugenics. In fact, you can track Nazi eugenics legacy back to the Wilson era and the shit that Americans were pulling in the teens and 20s in terms of eugenics in this country. The Nazis Mm. didn't make that stuff up. They got it from policy documents that those cats wrote. Fascinating. Yeah, Yeah, Woodrow sucks. I mean, terrible president, academic. Um, Oh, here, look. We talked about this last week, and I did order this off Amazon so I could line Bezos's pockets a little more. But I got my copy of A Brave New World, so I'm going to start reading that, and uh, we will do that book review. Put a deadline on. Yeah. Okay. Two weeks. What do you think you need? Two weeks. Uh, yeah, two weeks. I could knock it out in two weeks. Maybe around episode okay. one fifteen or one sixteen. Um, but the last thing I have for today. And we won't make this a super long show. Um, and we apologize for the audio quality, but thanks for suffering through that. It's not it's not actually Chisholm's fault this time. Usually I kick him in the nuts for his uh, poor audio skills, but uh, the dude doesn't have power. Now, literally an act of God. I'm not going to go so far as to call it God's fault, but it's an act of God that took away my ability to sound like I'm speaking into a proper microphone. Because I'm not, because yeah. I can't. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on... I guess we have talked a lot about this just in another form over the last two years with COVID and the Wuhan leak and everything and humans playing God. What about bringing back extinct species? Chism? What do you, because <laughs> there is a, uh, there is a group, an investment company uh, that's raised millions of dollars to de-extinct the dodo bird as well as the woolly mammoth. And their plan is to release them both back into the wild. So this is a slippery slope, right? Because where where's the line where you you know you you be, you start and you stop playing God? And I tend to believe that animals go extinct for a reason. You know, sometimes it's our own negligence. But I think personally, we're just supposed to learn from those mistakes and try not to replicate them. Yeah, um, I think they made a really successful movie franchise about exactly this. Mm-hmm. Started in the 90s. I remember watching the very first one. Uh, being quite terrified by Tyrannosaurus and Velociraptors. <clears throat> and there's a, chat, a, cat, a cat in that film called Malcolm. Remember Malcolm's last name? Dr. Dr. Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, know, movie. Yeah, I don't remember his last name. You remember the actor's name? The guy from The Fly? Uh, oh yeah, no. Um, it doesn't I, matter. Right on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, that cat who everybody knows who I'm talking about, who's kind of plays the same character all the time, but is fascinating to watch because he's so odd and weird. Mm-hmm. He has that quote where they're all sitting around talking about what they were doing, and the the guy who started Jurassic Park was like, "I thought I would be into this," you know, and he was like, Malcolm says, "You were so wrapped up in whether or not you could, you never stopped to think if you should." Yeah. Yeah. Like, Jeff Goldblum is his name. Gold, thank you. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such it's a, a great quote. brilliant dude. I mean, oh, I love it when something so simple is so profoundly wise, almost like it could have come straight out of scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Something tells me you start, you know, hey, yeah, I don't know, dude. Supposedly, humans killed off the dodo. 
supposedly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what economic or what uh, ecosystem devastation that then wrought and what the need to have them around is. Um, but at least maybe there's a colorable argument that like, hey, w- w- we killed this thing off, we could bring it back. Um, the end of an ice age. What in the hell? What just know happened? of a water burger that's open? Oh, my family. I'll tell you. I don't. That's what I'm saying. Do you know of a water burger that's open? Because like, the HEB's got no power. We're just gonna look for a place that's bigger. Good luck. Okay, I'm not editing that out. So. No, either. So my wife, my wife, and my oldest two children came outside, and the first thing they says they say is we're heading to check into a hotel peace out <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> it's just like no you're not <laughs> uh which they're not they're trying to go to whataburger and i they haven't left the house since tuesday so they're not aware that uh it's not like just our house or just our neighborhood that doesn't have power it's like yeah. everything <laughs> right so it's like so do you know of a whataburger where you're going to be able to buy something because it's open and they were like it's not open and i was like no right <laughs> It's good luck. <laughs> mm. So there's a, there's apparently a Joe Rogan episode. A lot of people. So I posted this on my Lone Star Door Show page. And uh, there's a dude named Forrest Galante who was on a recent Joe Rogan episode. And he's he described bringing the woolly mammoth back as beneficial for the um, Siberian tundra. But I don't know, you know, maybe that's like, maybe it's the woke way of saying, you know, how people are like, well, the wolves have made Yellowstone better. Well, no, they've actually wiped out the elk herd. But yeah, there's more beavers. So that's great. Uh, I don't know. I haven't listened to the episode, but a lot of people were commenting that we should bring the woolly mammoth back and, and the dodo. And like what you said, yes, maybe man is responsible for wiping out the dodo. Uh, I don't believe that the modern man had anything to do with the woolly mammoth. They didn't. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, a cataclysm that ended an ice age is what knocked out the woolly mammoth. So, right. well, so you know, but, but they, God decided be better for the climate dude, if we brought them back. Malcolm said this in Jurassic Park. You know that that God selected these creatures for extinction. So who are we to say? God was wrong to take them out. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But in, but think about like it's this is a much broader scale phenomenon with the advancement in science, right? Like what a, what about people and you know, where does it end? It's a slippery oh, dude, I got a text from a friend just this morning about speaking of you'll you'll when you start reading that book we're going to talk about this, but there are already companies or companies maybe I assume. Yeah, there's a company that's going to have artificial wounds and going to be raising babies in a, basically a factory, dude. Like, yeah. Hmm. Read the book. Table, table everything you just said and start reading that book. That's gross. I don't know if I want to now. <laughs> Aldous Huxley told us, told us exactly where we're going. When was this book written? <clears throat> Wasn't it like early thirties, bro? Thirties. Okay. Yep. Coming up a hundred years. Yep. Holly. Mm-hmm. I don't know how these dudes predicted the future, him and Orwell, but we're gonna give it a whirl. Brave new world. Let's see here. I could see the that first run date. Yeah, I don't see it. But all right, we're gonna review a brave new world. Sorry for the crappy audio today we suck we apologized act of god though as chisholm doesn't have power but still i just don't understand with climate change how we keep having all these freezes but that's beating a dead horse at this point um for chisholm cook i'm cable smith thanks for tuning in to episode 113 of justified pursuits y'all stay warm and we will see you next week cold (laughs) way to take us out on a high (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I see a coyote. So I get my
As he crawls through the brush on the hill And the eagle screams down Stay close to the ground Man walks among us Be still, be still